0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Welcome into ATL Day 1s with Jarvis and Tanitra. Coming up on today's show, Alex Anthopolis found a helping hand. Are the Desmond Ritter-Ryan Tannehill comps fair? And last but not least, and for the culture, Talia passed up the big bag. It's all coming up next, ATL Day 1s. Let's go.
0: This is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, and it starts now.
1: Want to start off by saying thank you for making ATL Day Ones your first listener of the day. Remember, we are free and available wherever you download your podcast and wherever you download your podcast. Make sure that you leave us a five-star review. We really appreciate that from you in advance. ATL Day 1 is a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Now, you, know, you probably, if you're watching us on YouTube, you're probably looking and saying that, hey, that's not Tanisha Batiste. That is Aaron Freeman, Mr. Fout fans himself, is joining and filling in for Tanisha today. So all you people listening, don't worry. Tanisha will be back She's not going anywhere. Aaron is just filling in just for the day. We pre- um, welcome Aaron Freeman into the program, man. Appreciate you for joining us today, dog.
0: Look, I got big shoes to step in with Tanitra uh, here uh, on the podcast, so I'll do my best to sort of fill those uh, big shoes here. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of filling big shoes, one of the things that, you
1: know, the trade line, trade deadline just passed, though, so the Atlanta Braves, Obviously, we're in rumors and trade conversations and talking to different people, and we found out that they were interested in Justin Verlander. He ended up going back home, back to the uh, the Houston Astros, where he won two World Series, going for a third, obviously, for him to be able to step back into that, um, that fold. The New York Mets are paying a good pretty penny of that contract. So, hey, Houston Astros made out good, but they sent one of their best prospects over. But the Braves, Alex Anthopoulos, Made a move early on, so they, you know we didn't have to wait around for you know what um, a last minute trade. They trade for Brad Hand, Aaron. When you think about you know what the how the season's been going for the Braves, obviously they're sitting in first place, has the big one of the bigger leads in their division in the NL East. And you look at the, look around, looking around the division, you see that the Phillies were making moves, the Marlins were making moves. But what are your th- or thoughts on the Alex Anthopoulos saying, "Hey, you know what"? we don't necessarily need a starter, but we're going to definitely go out here and try to fill up, fill um, fill out our bullpen because we know that essentially, eventually that's what we're going
0: to need in the long run. Yeah. You know, obviously I'm not a baseball expert, but I imagine trading starting pitching is not something that's easy to do. Right. Yes. You have to give up quite a lot to get, you know, a big time starting pitcher. And so the next best thing for a team like the Braves where, you know, the big concern, I think, for most people is not they're they're hitting, but it's really that pitching and, and sort right. of when it gets to, you know, September, October for this baseball season, you're you're that's kind of where the pitching really needs to stand out. And right. so if you can't get, you know, another a fourth ace or a fifth ace or something like that, then you the next best thing is get a reliever. And I think the Braves have done that, made a couple of moves uh, the last couple of weeks to to enhance their bullpen a little bit. And so if like you don't have 100% confidence in who that fourth or fifth pitcher is in your rotation, then it's better to be confident in sort of the relief pitching that will be coming in and filling in, you know, the gap between them and the closer. So I feel like the Braves, you know, obviously, you know, with Justin Verlander on the move, like you're looking at that and like, oh, you could have, the potential was there for a team like the Braves to make a, a huge splash. But I think at the end of the day, they were able to get better, in an area of need. Maybe they didn't make the huge splash that I think maybe many people were hoping for at this point in time, but at the same time, given the success the Braves have had this season. And I know they're in a little bit of a skid these last couple of weeks since the the all-star break, but I I don't feel like the Braves have to completely reinvent the wheel or something. They're, you know, they're taking care of business. They'll probably be all right. uh, Especially once they get a little bit healthier, hopefully in the next month or so. Um, so I I think this was a these were good moves and keeping this team right on track to to control their destiny for the next uh, couple of months before the postseason.
1: And obviously, the Braves traded for Pierce Johnson from the Colorado Rockies and they actually get Brad Hand from the Colorado Rockies as well. So Allison and may have a nice little relationship going from a team who is hey yeah we're not good so hey we're gonna try to see if we can get what we can get at the trade deadline. So I think you bring up an interesting point though because. You know, once the postseason gets here, a lot of times, like I know, like back in the day, um, baseball was it was huge. They were huge on starting pitcher because a lot of times you you would expect your guys to go seven, eight, sometimes even nine innings. But today, not so much. That's not necessarily the case. So I think that having a strong bullpen is you can't have enough of those guys. You can't have enough arms. And I think that for you to bring in a guy, a lefty like Brad Hand, who's a three time all star, you know, he uh, with the San Diego Padres. Um, and also, he's actually the first player in MLB history to actually play for all the, you know these teams. So I guess that's okay, you know. Hey, he gets a familiarity there. So I think that you know when you have a guy who's a three-time All Star who you know has experience, he understands what it's like to, what it's like to be in the postseason. So I, I think that that's a definitely an, an arm that you need. And as far as going forward, I think it's going to be something that can, that can be you know, beneficial to you once you get your starters back. Because like you said, once you get into the playoff series, like a lot of times you got you expect your guys to go six innings. If you're giving you six innings, they're good to go. And then you gotta just gotta figure out who's gonna do seven, eight, and nine, obviously, with the Braves having their closer and it's AJ Minter back their setup, man. they I think they're they I think Alex and is on to some good things. Now for um, one more thing as far as Alex and I, I think that I for instance, I Trust Alex and Thomas wholeheartedly. And, you know, a lot of times when leading up to the, the MLB trade deadline, you know, the city of Atlanta, and you know how we like splashy, we like the, you know, the fancy stuff, you know, and, and be talked about in the news. Like, that's kind of like our thing, right? Like, you know, with Michael Vick and all that stuff and everything, we just love for people to put on the show. Like, we like to be entertained, right? So I think that, you know, getting Brad Hand is not necessarily the the most fanciest, more splashiest move. But I, I think that, what do you think it says about Alex Anthopoulos for him to get a guy like this? And, you know, even though they were rumored to be going for a starter pitcher, it just kind of seems like he was kind of good with with all the injury report and his guys coming back versus going out and trying to give up a big prospect to try to bring in another starting pitcher.
0: Yeah, you know, I think it says, you know... I've heard you say it many times, Jarvis, you know, you, you have full trust in Alex Anthopoulos mm-hmm. and like, that's part of the job of being a general manager of what, what is going to help me win tomorrow, you know, and what's going to help me win today. Right. And you have to kind of find that balance and, you know, certainly getting a, a big time starting pitcher could certainly help you win today, but Maybe it hurts you tomorrow because you got to give up one of those prospects right. and sort of it's the idea of like, OK, well, I can help myself win today by getting someone like Brad Hand, maybe not as much as, you know, an eighth starter, but it is one of those things where you're still set up for success in the long term. And when you've had the recent success that the Braves have had, then, you you know, you feel like like we kind of control our destiny. We can. You know, I don't know how much dynasties matter in baseball as much as they are talked about in other sports, but, like, you can kind of sort of hold, you know, your spot at the top of the mountain for for a while if you're not necessarily trading away your future trying to go all in. And, you know, it probably helps that the the Braves just won a World Series so it doesn't feel like they're as desperate as as other teams might be in this same spot. So, you know, I think Alex Anthopoulos, you know, obviously he – He's earned a lot of respect from us and a lot of trust in terms of what he's going to bring to the table. So I, I think this says that, you know, he he's got his eye on the prize, but at the same time, like he, he, you know, he's, he's got everything under control. They're not, they're not panicking. They're not doing any of those things that you'll, you see other teams do not only in baseball, but in other sports. Absolutely.
1: And, and that's the type of demeanor or approach that I like my general manager to have. Right. Because, you know, I want him to be cool as possible in, in, in certain situations, in pressure situations. You know, I don't want him panicking and making panic moves and going out here and being desperate. Like, I'm never like a general manager that operates like that. So for him to be cool, calm, and collected, say, you know what? I'm going to go out here and give me a veteran arm and give me a lefty, you know, uh, to add beef football bullpen. As we get healthy, you know, I got my A.J. mentor came back, and he, looked, he had a strong showing against the Angels last night. I know the, the Braves lost, but... You know there is some there was some there was some positives last night. You know with AJ Minter uh, having a clean clean inning in uh, his return back to the lineup. Now one of the things that I thought was very interesting, I thought it was a very interesting comparison, right? You know Arthur Smith, he came from the Tennessee Titans. A lot of people want to compare Desmond Ritter to Ryan Tannehill because that was Arthur Smith's reclamation project. But what are the expectations? Is Ryan Tannehill, or is his stats, are they good enough for the Atlanta Falcons to win the NFC South this year? We'll talk about that next. But first, I have to let you know that this episode of ATL Day Ones is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. It is the number one sportsbook in America. And guess what, guys? They got a nice deal for you. All you need is $20. $20. Get that $20. Go ahead and drop that bad boy in, and guess what they're going to do for you? They're going to give you $200 up for, and that's bonus best back if win or lose. Like, if your first bet doesn't win, cool. If your first bet wins, cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're going to give you $200. All you got to do is drop $20. And guess what, guys? The app is safe, secure, super easy to use. You don't have to worry about anybody getting your information. And plus, you don't even have to go down the street they go text somebody, say, hey, man, I need my money when that bet clears. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're going to give you your money right there. It's going to be Instant. Like you ain't got to go you know, get yourself in trouble and all that stuff, man. You don't need to do all that. Go to fandu.com slash locked on and go get that money, free money, that free money. All you got to do is drop $20. That's it. That's it. That's all you got to do. So go to fandu.com slash locked on today and, and mess with the number one sportsbook in America because FanDuel is the official sportsbook betting partner of Major League Baseball. It is ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitra. We're talking about the Atlanta Falcons, Desmond Ritter, guys. He has been throwing picks, and he's been the worst quarterback ever since training camp started. I know, like, what are you talking about, Jarvis? That's what it seems like because people. There have been so many conversations. There have been so. There are so many expectations, depending on who you talk to, as to what those are. But I think the interesting comparison that I've been seeing, Aaron, and then it was kind of talked about once Arthur Smith was um, brought on, and then when they drafted Desmond Ritter. With the third round in the third round of last year's draft, you kind of start hearing those comparisons come again. It was a comparison to Ryan Tannehill. Now Ryan Tannehill, obviously a guy who played wide receiver coming out of college, he moved, had played um, quarterback for Texas A&M for one year. Then he got drafted by the Miami Dolphins, and he was kind of just kind of average, average quarterback. But he had one of his best years in 2020 with Arthur Smith calling the plays. He had like 33 touchdowns and like seven picks. So, you know, had some of his best numbers of his career through for like over 3,800 yards. So my question to you, Aaron, when you think about what your expectations levels levels are for Desmond Ritter, do you start to kind of think about Ryan Tannehill and look at some of his numbers saying, okay, if he plays like Ryan Tannehill did up under Arthur Smith, is that going to be enough to get them that NFC South division so they can ride up into the playoffs?
0: I would say I think if he plays like Ryan Tannehill played in Tennessee, yes, that that should win them the division pretty easily. Tannehill was very very good in that Titans offense. Obviously, we know Derrick Henry was kind of the the number one option in that offense, but that connection between and Ryan second Tannehill, option too, <laughs> you know, that connection right. between Tannehill and AJ Brown and Corey Davis led to their passing attack. While it wasn't the main thing you were focused on in that offense they were very efficient and effective like one of the top red zone offenses um, and so if you can get that out of Desmond Ritter I, like that's to me definitely a playoff team um, I guess for me I don't know if I expect Desmond Ritter to be that level of Ryan Tannehill at that point in Tannehill's career because Tannehill had started like 90 games by that point he got to Tennessee mm-hmm. and been in the league for like six seven years right and, and so, like, I don't know if I would hold Desmond Ritter basically in what is an extension of his rookie year to play at the level, even as mediocre as we say Ryan Tannehill was in Miami, to play at the level of sort of peak Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee when he was like in year eight of his NFL career. So I kind of expect more of like Desmond Ritter being more of like the Miami Ryan Tannehill. Right, hmm. and I think with the pieces around him, that still might be good enough to get in the playoffs. But the, obviously, the margin for error is going to be a lot bigger. Like instead of getting like thirty touchdowns or or whatever, like I'm I'm thinking more like twenty, twenty two type of touchdowns for Desmond Ritter. And as long as he can, you know, limit the turnovers and move the chains on third downs and and be able to put the ball in the end zone in the red zone when they're not handing the ball off to Bijan Robinson or Tyler Rauzier or, or Cordero Patterson. I, I think that's going to be good. That's going to be their formula for success. So you I don't know if you're going to see the eye popping numbers for Ritter this year, but I do think he can just be good enough. Like the good version of Ryan Tannehill in Miami, I think is what you're looking for, which was, I think had like one winning season. If I'm, if I'm not mistaken there and like, mm-hmm. that's going to be what you're looking for in Desmond Ritter this year. Now, once he gets that year under his belt, and gets comfortable in the offense and you start to see some of these young pieces grow. Then I think next year we might be able to talk about 2020 Ryan Tannehill for Desmond Ritter, but I don't know if I would expect that from him, you know, basically in his rookie season. Yeah. Because I I, I think you, you know, you're onto
1: something because when, when you think about like how they have constructed this team, because there is, there's, I feel like there's a lot of room for some, some mistakes, right, for a young quarterback. A lot of people, you know, were, were pushing for Lamar Jackson and, you know, trying to get the, the Falcons to trade for him. But I was like, to be honest with you, the way this team is currently constructed, you don't really need Lamar right now. Because, like you said, if you can get a Desmond Ritter that under under double-digit picks, kind of keep those fumbles to a minimum, because we know that was a big issue for Marcus Mariota last year is fumbling the rock and, and just errant throws and all that. I, I think that, you know, the, the bar is kind of low for, for Desmond Ritter. And not only, and I'm with you. I don't think that Ryan T- he needs to play like peak Ryan Tannehill. I, I think that if he can play like some of those early years, Ryan Tannehill, and maybe just a little bit ahead of him, because like you said, Ryan Tannehill only played quarterback one year in college. So like, you know, a guy playing wide receiver, you know, uh, uh, one year played wide receiver most of his career in college and played quarterback for one year, I would think that a four-year starter uh, out of Cincinnati can be a little bit better than that. So I think that but I think the one thing though that I'm interested to see early on in the season, you know, like literally like the first four weeks of the season is that deep ball connection because that's one thing that Ryan Tannehill excelled at. Like he excelled at throwing the ball down the field. And I think that, you know, that might be a concern for people because, you know, hey. Like, you know, there was a lot of it was subjective. I will I believe, but you know, with my, Matt Ryan in the connection with his deep ball to Julio, so I think I don't think people want to go through that. I don't think they want to do two plus seven and 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 see that see that nine out there, they're not being able to connect with five or or connect with eight. Because last year, you know, we saw that too. Like Marcus Mario was awful throwing the football. Like I think he was one of the the worst quarterbacks in the NFL in twenty plus yards um on throws downfield. So that's something that. I feel like I'm going to have my eye on, but do you feel like he can be that guy to make those
0: those connections downfield? Yeah, I I think he can. I I think the issue we're going to run in with Desmond Ritter is because of all these expectations are all over the place and you're like he's going to be the next Jalen Hurts, he's going to be the next Ryan Tannehill, he's going to be the next Dak Prescott, he's going to be the next, I don't know, Jacoby Brissett, whoever else people are throwing out there. There's not going to be that much room in a lot of people's eyes for him to grow. Like, I think Mm. people are just automatically assuming he's going to be the fully formed version of whatever you think he's going to be. And so for me, it's like, okay, when we get to September, like, I'm sure there's going to be ups, I'm sure there's going to be downs. And I think the area that we need to keep in mind is like, what he is in September is not necessarily what he's going to be in December and in January, and then what he's going to be the following year. So I I I I agree with you. Like that connection on the deep ball is going to be pivotal, but at the same time, even if it doesn't get off to the fastest start in the season, I don't think we should be like, oh well, he stinks and he'll never get it. And it's just like, (laughs) well, you know, you have to build rapport and timing and and, and all these things with your receivers. And like Mm -hmm. you know that that play where he missed Kyle Pitts the other day, and everybody's like (laughs) on Twitter over it is like that clearly was a play where (laughs) the timing was off on the throw, and like given that that's really the first real reps that you're getting with this player. Like you're not expecting that to be on the same page immediately. So like, yeah, I think Desmond Ritter can get there. I just am not, I I think people need to be prepared for it, not necessarily being there week one, but you know, week 15, I think, you know, we can hope that that growth, if there needs to be growth will be there by the time we get, you know, to the end of the season. I I think I know, I know
1: what the issue is
0: though. And you know, you know what the problem is though,
1: right? Oh, what What's the problem, Jarvis? The problem is people are trying to be like you because, you know, you're the Falcons prophet. You know what I'm uh-huh. saying? Like, you, you throw things out there, you know, six to seven to eight months in advance and say, you know what, hey, this is what's about to go down. Like, y'all don't see it, I see it, and here's what it is. And those things actually come to fruition. You know what I'm saying? But but not all jokes aside, though, I, I think that people don't have any patience. And and when it comes to football, man, like, it's, it's not that hard. Like, you just got to do it. Over and over and over again until you get it. Like, now, true enough, the great ones you're going to see it early and often, right? But, yeah. like, in Arthur Smith's offense, you don't really need a great quarterback in order for them to be successful. Now, you know, when, when you talk about B. John Robinson and the whole Drake London and Kyle Pitts piece and drafting those pass catchers, like, yeah, those expectations kind of go up a little bit. But I think that there's going to be some development there for Desmond Ritter in order for him to get on those guys' level, right? And that starts with getting that rapport. Like, he got some rapport with Drake London. We've seen that. We saw that last year. He developed that. And, and I feel like that's good. That can do nothing but go, grow, right? But when you're talking about being able to connect with B. John Robinson, you know, he and uh, uh, Desmond Ritter are our roommates. So he's been get, building up that rapport with him and building up some chemistry with him. So I think that we're going to start to see that with Kyle Pitts. The more and more they play together, the more and more Kyle gets put out there because, hey, he's been limited. Like, he hasn't been on all the seven on seven and all the 11 on 11 he is they're working him back slowly they've been playing it really safe so i think people are gonna to have to really give him some time and stop trying to be like you you know and and, and try to prophesy you know what Desmond Riddler's going to be you know in, in the first four games of the season so but i think that it's it's going to be very interesting to kind of you know as we keep an eye on 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 these developments right because like you know people are going to be all on opposite ends of the step, spectrum every day, right? So, you know, get your Tylenol ready, get your Advil ready. <laughs> yeah, we, we're going to have to, we're going we're gonna to be, we're in for a long ride, you know what I'm saying, as this season goes along. And if you guys, you know, want to uh, join uh, Aaron and I, we're going to be on the Falcons postcast after every Falcons game. Come on now. Like, I know how we get down. Like, it's, it gets really, Sometimes it gets, it gets really real, you know, as soon as that clock, clock strikes zero. So make sure you guys check us out on the Falcons postcast. Also, I want to thank our everydayers for rocking with ATL day ones, Monday through Friday. All you guys have been, are our everydayers, drop a comment in the comment box. If you feel like Desmond Ritter is going to be Ryan Tannehill off the bat, man, let's go with that. Go ahead and drop a comment. Say, hey, Jarvis, I don't care what you and Aaron say. I don't give a damn. He's going to be the number one quarterback going forward. Or he's going to be a bum. Like, however you feel. Go ahead and drop it in the comment box. Really appreciate that from you in advance. But, Aaron, this is for the culture. Is the intersection between sports, entertainment, the culture, and sometimes whatever the hell we want to talk about because that's just how we get down on this show. Today is no different when... You know this whole n i l thing Aaron came out, man, you know, I'm sitting up here like, man, why did this not come out when I when I was in college, and I was being recruited because you know, like I was just happy to get a free meal from some random person who you know was a big fan of our squad, you know what I'm saying? I went to a small D two school, but you know we had we had love showing around in a little small country town. of have all been to Georgia, you know what I'm saying, but man. When I heard about this story, though, I was like, man, I got to talk about this guy, with my guy Aaron Talia Tagovailoa, to his brother, yes, I'm not, if that's what you were thinking, yes. Like, it's not too many people with that last name out there. He plays for the Maryland. It seemed like he'd been at Maryland for, like, eight years. You know, I was like, man, how this man still has college eligibility? It's beyond me. But he came out and said, Aaron, that somebody, an SEC school, offered him one point five million dollars to leave Maryland. I got a two-parter for you. Okay. First of all, would you have stayed? <laughs> and second of all, <laughs> like, why didn't you just come out and just say what what the school was? Like, you know what I'm saying? Because like, it's the wild, wild west anyway. So, what's the point of keeping that under wraps, man? Like, you know, I want the I want the goods. I want the tea. I want the juice, man. But but first of all, definitely, like, man, what kind of dude Talia got to be? Cause I feel like I got, I know the answer to this question, but what kind of dude d- does Talia have to be to turn down one point five
0: million dollars in nil deal, man? I mean, I, I, I wouldn't turn it down, but uh, you know. <laughs> thank you. Hey, I figured that, but you know, That's, I just wanted to make sure double know, check with you, man. Ain't nobody gonna be You're offering me one point five million dollars in my lifetime. Like, I just, I you know, right. I know, that, right? Like. <laughs>
1: I want to be able to make me that, that in my money, lifetime. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's
0: yeah. I don't, I can't even imagine the scenario where someone's offering that type of money to me, right? You know, I'm sure, given who he is uh, and and the sport he plays, that he he probably gets pretty good offers. You know, probably not that level. You know, I've heard some speculation it was Alabama because that was his old stomping Browns and his brother. brother and yeah, they, they got some sense. quarterback issues going on. Bad. No one knows who's yeah, going to be the starter course. and whatnot. So, yeah. like, I've heard some people connecting the dots and say it's like Alabama <laughs> tried to throw the bag at him to, to lure him back there. Yeah. Um I, I also heard some stuff like he turned it, like if he didn't have a brother in the NFL making millions of dollars, that he probably would have been less likely to turn it down because, you know, that's money – Family changing money, right? You know, yeah. but like, yes, his family's already got hooked up by Tua, right? No doubt. So yeah. like, yeah. he he can afford to pass that, I guess. You could say, like, I want my own minute though. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. So, can I have that's my the bag reason. In college.
1: Imagine that bag in college, though, like,
0: you know. Yeah, man. Like the <laughs> NIL's crazy because it's just like, <laughs> like it's now to a point like that would have been crazy five years ago for someone to turn down that money right but like nowadays because you can get money like you're like well i can go to alabama or wherever and play for 1.5 million dollars or i can stay in maryland and make i don't know 800 i don't know what the numbers are but like a a ridiculous amount of money and then if you think like if i stay at maryland i've been in this offense for a couple of years i'm it's going to help me have a better season so i can get drafted higher so like you can sit there and justify like oh i can make up the seven hundred thousand dollars or what, whatever the money is uh, again you put whatever money you want to put out there of course. i can make it up next year when i go to the pros or something if i have a better year at maryland so like that that's the weird sort of math that college kids have to do now it's like yeah, is man. this it, it's that's and it's like math, now it, back in the day when i was in college it's like <laughs> Fifty dollars is like I will do whatever dude, you want me to do. Twenty 50 dollars, like I, you know, I will do some low down stuff. <laughs> right. I've been eating yes. ramen for, for, for weeks. Like, I we need man, some money. So, like dude, the idea of turning down that type of money is just crazy to me. But like yes, nowadays, man. like you can, you can players can I guess justify it because like you're you're getting money, especially when you're a player at his level, you're getting money regardless. So it's just yeah. like. It's like you know being a free agent in the NFL. It's like this team offered me four million. This team offered me three million. You know that that million dollars don't make that much of a difference. Let me go to this team because they're going to win a championship, rather than this team that's going to go three and fourteen or or what you know. So it's just it's crazy how the NILs completely changed college football. It,
1: it is so crazy, man. Because like I was thinking about um, when you were talking, I was thinking about Jordan Addison, you know, from Pete, You know, your, your yeah. guy. You know, know. won the Belichick Award. And Bunk did it to, to across country to USC. I was just like, what type of bag are they passing out for him to leave the place where he won the Bolinikoff Award? For those of you who don't know, that's the best wide receiver in college football. And he left like it was nothing. He was just like, oh, I'm going to USC. And, oh, I'm about to get $2 million. And I'm about to be living in L.A. in a condo, you know, where my parents probably couldn't even afford. You know, I don't know what Jordan Addison's parents do for a living, but... Golly, man, like I'm sure he was living nice out there in L.A. doing this thing um, in this last year. then he goes, of course, he goes on to get drafted into the NFL. So those are the type of things, those numbers you start doing in your math. It's like, all right, so let me see. Do I want to have my hands on a million dollars now or do I want to wait? let me go get this meal now. And then, you know, I'll get a few more million, you know, in guaranteed money or whatever. You know, moving my draft stock up. So it's just crazy to me, man. When I came across it, I was like, wow, this is this is some new-ish going on, man. And, and to be honest with you, Aaron, because they kept it on the wraps for so long, like all this stuff been going on for like, this is nothing yes. new. Like, like <laughs> I know the underbelly of college football yes. because I went, to, I, I went to, I played with cats that were recruited by Ohio State. They've been passing out envelopes full of money, man, since – and I'm old. I'm pretty old. I'm not that old, but I'm old enough to know that these guys have been getting passing out the bag for a very long time. It's just that, you know, it's just still to see a seven-figure deal be turned down by a 21-year-old. It's just, just, I don't think I ever get used to that. I just don't. Yeah. I don't have no problem with it. Get your money. Get your bag. But, man, when you hear stories of these cats like this turning money down, even Zay Flowers. He turned down some money as well. He was saying SEC school was trying to pass all the bags, but he stayed at Boston College. He still ended up getting drafted by the Baltimore Ravens. So, you know, but for these cats to turn down seven-figure deals, man, this is just a very interesting
0: world that we live it in. It is. Yeah, you're right. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's now above the table when it used to be under the table with the money being yeah, changed yeah. in So, like,
1: I'm I mean, cool I guess it. it's better. Cool it's better,
0: it. right? Like, a <laughs> yeah. lot more transparency on, like, who's, who's- – yes. This is great. Science. We get to talk
1: about it. You know what I'm yeah, saying? You know, we can't just be like,
0: wink. Yes, he yeah. was the number one recruit in the country and he chose UCLA over USC. Wink. And because it's because UCLA is a better, a better school, academic education. Wink, wink. You know, yeah, like that yeah. type of thing. Like that's how it yeah. used to be. But like, you yeah. know, now, no. He, he, he got, but like, he rip got, the band aid off and just tell yeah. the truth. Like, let's do it. Let's do it. Right out the gate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: man. I, I love it, man. I love in these college you know you know football coaches head coaches and everything try to be all high and mighty man like nah, you're doing the same <laughs> thing everybody else trying to do yeah. you're just mad because you ain't got you ain't got the booster club to, to get it right to to come with the bag so yeah yeah man i i love it i i'm and shout out to talia man before being a stand-up guy uh so, but if you're getting seven hundred and fifty thousand that we ain't heard from from Maryland, you know, is it really that big of a deal? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, we shall know. see. Well, <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? What well, we do know, we hope that you guys have been rocking with us each and every day. Our every day on ATL Day Ones. We appreciate you guys. We also want to let you know that we are free and available wherever you download your podcast. Make sure if you haven't done so, subscribe, like our YouTube channel. Well, 8,000 subscribers, guys. We're trying to get to 10. Can we get to 10 before the season starts? That's about a month away or so. So, yeah, come on, you guys. Get on the bandwagon. Go ahead and do that. If you've done so already, go ahead and spread the word. Tell a friend to tell a friend. And last but not least, before we get out of here, make sure, you guys, if you don't do anything else with your lives, make sure that you both share love, show love, and most importantly, spread love.